Savior of the world. And years ago, angels sang of him. Can you imagine seeing angels singing to the Lord in the sky all those years ago because of what Jesus did for us? You know this song. Come on sing it out to the Lord this morning.
on that cajon this morning, doesn't he? <laughs> Reagan's back from college. We are a happy group here today, having our young people up here. Um, Kara? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's continue worshiping the Lord this morning. Good morning. Merry Christmas. Amen. Say it. Amen. Listen, we're so glad you're joining us. Thanks for joining us online. Uh, listen, we had a wonderful Christmas Eve. It wasn't a beautiful last night. It, yeah, it was. Just seeing the candles again. It, it every year we look forward to it, and every year it just it's it's just beautiful. What a picture that Christ has come into this world to bring light. And then we all held our lights up, and then we all we all, we all left in peace, and it was just beautiful. It was freezing, but it was beautiful. It was wonderful. It was warm in here. Um, but listen, I want to invite you uh, back on New Year's Day. Uh, we're having a gathering at 10 a.m. So I want to invite you back on New Year's Day at 10 a.m. next Sunday. There will not be a Saturday evening gathering, but I'll invite you back uh, next Sunday, New Year's Day, as we welcome in the new year and just, again, ask, and, ask God to, to just provide and lead the way for us into 2023. I also just want to say welcome all of our guests. Welcome our guests joining us online, our church family. Like, I'm so thrilled we can all gather here. Um, I, I want to share with you um, just a passage, and then, um, and then I, uh, we're, gonna, we're all going to pray and just continue to just 
thank God for this gift, this gift of Christ, uh, the greatest gift. Um, this is a uh, this is Isaiah seven fourteen, and just uh, I've been really wrestling through this the last couple of years of Emmanuel, God with us, and this passage just just hits it on the head. Therefore, the Lord Himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. He is God with us. Amen. He is God with us. God, Emmanuel, God with us. And so as we celebrate with our families today and as we just think about all that Christmas means today, I just think God is with us. He came to us. He is with us. And just like Pastor Luke was sharing, Luke, didn't Pastor Luke do an awesome job last night? That was wonderful. That was really great. I saw a whole new side of him. I think we all did. And so that was really cool. But he just, God is looking for us to say yes. So would you say yes to Jesus today? Yes to the greatest gift. And so I also just want to say, listen, our, our birthday gift to Jesus, we're continuing to see God provide. And so remember, our goal is 100,000. We want to see just all the, the needs of these missionaries met. And we're asking God to provide. So continue to pray about your part and how you can give the most to Jesus than anyone else on your Christmas list. And so we're going to seek the Lord, and uh, we're going to seek him right now and just ask him to guide us this morning as we open up his word and as we celebrate the greatest gift. Would you guys pray with me? Father God, we thank you for this morning. Uh, we thank you for, Lord, just giving us a place to gather that's, that's warm, Lord, that we can gather and know. Just even last night, the visual of seeing all of the candles that were being lit as we sing Silent Night, we sing Away in a Manger, Lord, as we focused on this gift, this gift that came to this earth. And it, it was born, Jesus was born, our Savior, our Lord and Savior was born in a food trough. Lord, we think of your word that says that the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. Christ came for us to seek and save that which was lost, which was us. Thank you for this gift of Jesus. And Lord, as we celebrate with our families, as we enjoy the rest of uh, this morning and just and seek you above all else, God, just help us to really understand the greatest gift is sitting right in front of us. We just need to receive it and receive it and just make it a part of all that we are. Thank you, Jesus, for loving us, for seeking and saving us. And Lord, we thank you for this, this day that we can celebrate you. We love you so much, Jesus. And we ask it all in your name. morning. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody. So at this time, we're going to ask any kids that want to come on up here, I'm going to read you a little story. So come on up here. It's very dark. I can't see anybody out there. <laughs> so come on up. I don't know. Here, you guys can sit right here in front of me, okay? Jacob. Man, you guys look so cool. All your Christmas outfits. I like it. Your pajamas. Renee and Myla. Renee and Myla, get up here. Yes, Sandy. Let's go. <laughs> Come on, Sandy. Yes, PJs are welcome. All right. Yeah, okay. Anybody else want to come up? All right. All right. Feel free to come up and join us whenever you want to, okay? All right, so I have a book here this morning, and this is about a donkey. What's a donkey say? <gasps> Very good. Say it louder, Jake. Yes. So all throughout this, all throughout this story, I'm going to ask you guys this, you know, what's a donkey say? And you, you guys all have to say it, and you say it nice and loud so they can hear it all the way in the back, okay? 
And this is about the story of Jesus told from the donkey's point of view, okay? All right, let's see here. His name's Clopper. My name is Clopper. Nuzzle up while I tell you about a very special night. It all began early one morning as I was munching on a breakfast of sweet grass. My master, Joseph, came from the house carrying my bridle and sacks of supplies for a journey. What's the donkey say? An adventure. All right, who has number one? Come over here and read it. We have some Bible verses we're going to read throughout the book. Go ahead, CJ, say it nice and loud. Yeah. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world, and everyone went to his own town to register. Yeah. Joseph helped his wife Mary up on my back. I thought she felt heavier than the last time I carried her. The road took us over steep, rocky hills and into cool green valleys. We passed through quiet villages and busy towns. Who has number two? So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem in the town of David because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who had pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. At last, we arrived in Bethlehem. The city buzzed with people who came from near and far. What's the donkey say? (laughs) Braid other donkeys. Children whipped around us in a game of tag. Mama scolded. Old friends laughed and shouted and patted each other on the back. Joseph, Mary said, look at all the people who have come to Bethlehem. Yeah, Joseph sighed. It will not be easy to find a room. We trudged through towns along streets, down dusty paths. Joseph knocked on door after door. No one had an empty room. The sky darkened and the air grew colder. I smelled simmering stew and fresh baked bread. My tummy growled like a hungry lion, and my hooves ached up to my knees. I can see you are weary, Joseph told Mary. Mary smiled. The Lord will provide a place for us to stay. I know he will. Finally, Joseph found a kind innkeeper. At first, the innkeeper shook his head and said, I'm really sorry. I have no room for you in the inn. Then he looked at Mary. It's late, and you are both tired. You're welcome to stay in my stable. It's not much, but at least you'll be able to get some rest. Joseph took the heavy bags from my back. What's the donkey say? (laughs) What a relief. And there was crunchy hay and a fresh water for supper. Mary and Joseph didn't usually sleep with cows or sheep or even donkeys, but they stretched out on a bed of straw and they rested. I nodded off to sleep, too, and then I heard it, the sound of a a baby. Mary had given birth to a baby boy, baby Jesus. They wrapped him in cloth and laid him in a manger. That is where we animals eat our hay. I clip-clopped over to see where he lay. What a sweet little child. I could tell that he was really special. Near him, I felt as peaceful as a sleeping lamb. From the tip of my nose to the swish of my tail, Mary and Joseph kissed his rosy cheeks and sang soft and beautiful praise songs. 
So we have number three. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloth and placed him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. I fell asleep again. Then excited voices jolted me awake. One shepherd called to the other, Here, I found the Christ child. The shepherd rushed into the stable. The tall one and the short one bumped into the first one whenever he stopped. Mary or, I'm sorry, may we see him, they asked. Of course, come in, Joseph answered softly. Shh, the chubby one whispered as they tiptoed to the manger. They dropped to their knees by the manger, as quiet and still as statues. They gazed at baby Jesus. Then the tall shepherd spoke. We were watching our sheep, he said, when an angel suddenly appeared and surrounded us with a bright light. Yes, said the short one. We shook in our sandals, but he told us, do not be afraid, the angel said. I bring you good news, which will bring joy to many people. Who has number four? And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I will bring you good news of great joy. That will be for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. That is a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths lying in a manger. The other shepherds spoke up. And then, you won't believe what we saw. The sky was filled with lights. Hundreds, no thousands of angels sang. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace and goodwill to men. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing happen, see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. The tall shepherd said, God has kept his promise to send us a savior. Mary and Joseph's eyes twinkled as they listened. Yes, Mary said with a nod, the Lord has truly blessed us with this child. Let's hurry home and tell our families, said the other shepherd. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning that had been told to them about the child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had done. I wonder if people believe the shepherds. Well, whether others believe their story or not, I know it's true. I saw it with my own eyes. I was there that special night when Mary gave birth to baby Jesus, the Lord Jesus, the Savior of the world. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. All right. And there's Clopper. <laughs> Do you guys like that story? Yeah? Yeah, that was one of my favorites. I told my kids every year at Christmas time. Thank you for coming up here and joining us. Are you guys excited about Christmas? Yeah. Did you guys do lots of fun things with your families this week? Did anyone decorate any cookies? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> did you didn't decorate any? Did you eat some cookies? 
Now? Did you go look at any Christmas lights? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did, and you got a drone. Oh, my goodness. Who here likes to get presents? Yeah, you like presents. Well, I would like you guys to put on your listening ears because we're going to hear about the greatest present ever. Are you guys ready for that? Pastor Ken's going to talk Pastor about Ken's that Pastor Ken's going to come up and talk about that. You guys ready? All right. Thank you for joining us up here for our story. Good job. Let's go over this way, okay?
Thank you so much, Reagan. What a talent. Amen? Can we thank Reagan again for that gorgeous, gorgeous song?
so glad that you joined us here this Christmas morning. It's been a wonderful time of worship so far, and I'm just so thankful for all that God has done. Uh, the Christmas, the gift is waiting. That's what we've been talking about for the last month. I think for some of you, your gifts at home are waiting, aren't they? Some of you are like holding the kids off. We've got to get back. Or Actually, I forgot when you have little kids, you're up at 6 a.m. today, aren't you? Uh, my kids, uh, yeah, even whenever they were little, they let me sleep because church wore us out. Man, we were so tired. And, uh, but we're so thankful for all that God is, is doing here in the church. Before I jump into the sermon, I just want to remind you of that Christmas offering that we've been uh, asking the Lord to provide our birthday gift to Jesus. If you're giving to the birthday gift to Jesus, I want to encourage you, you can give today using the offering boxes on the wall. You can give online or you can give through the mail. And so um, uh, our goal, we've, we've, asked the goal, we've asked the Lord to provide $100,000 uh, that we'll be able to send to missionaries around the world. And so far, our total has come up. I think we have about seventy-four, just shy of $75,000. Let's thank God for what he's provided so far. And I'm asking the Lord to take us exceedingly abundantly above and beyond. Everything that comes in, we turn around and we send that out. We give that all out to the missionaries. And so if, uh, if we've, we put out a list of 100,000, uh, what comes in over above that, we'll give more to the missionaries. So a few of them that are on my mind this morning, I'm just reminded that in, in Nepal, we're planting 15 churches with the Timothy Initiative. So that, that's exciting. Uh, John Fowler was a teenager in this church, was saved here, uh, got baptized in our baptistry here uh, many years ago. He is now running a ministry to reach a country in Panama. And, uh, and Daniel Gonzalez, one of our good friends, and we've been showing the video, we showed it yesterday, we showed it last Sunday, of, the, uh, of Daniel Gonzalez with his greeting from Ecuador. And uh, just the, these are the people, we know these people, these aren't strangers to us. Uh, Jan and Ana Franca. They, uh, they're, from, they're in Serbia right now. They sent me a message last night. I got a Christmas greeting from them on my, on my uh, Facebook messenger, uh, just wishing me a Merry Christmas. And they are over in Serbia and uh, going out, and they are taking the gospel where the gospel is very little known. Um, jo- um, Josh and Shannon Watts up in City Church, Newcastle, right here in, uh, in the north side of Pittsburgh, an hour and a half from here. Josh and Shannon grew up here in the church. They went out and they felt like God said, we want, to, we want to start a church. And so they went out and they started a church. And there's people coming to Jesus. So uh, the young people who have come through here are out doing a work for God all over the world. Uh, Jay and Brianna Stokes, who was here in the summer, we saw Jay and Brianna Stokes. They go into the remote parts of, uh, of Papua New Guinea. And they are out there in the remote bush area. And they, they, they had to listen to a language learn the language just by listening to it, then they write the language down, then they translate the Bible over so that people can hear the good news of Jesus Christ. So I want to encourage you, as you're giving to the birthday gift to Jesus today, God is uh, using that and touching many lives, and the, the list goes way beyond that. Those are just a few off the top of my head that I could highlight today. But uh, let's thank God for what he's doing, the birthday gift to Jesus. Amen? <clears throat> The, the gift is waiting. As we jump into our message today, the gift is waiting on this Christmas morning. Um, the kids have just read for us the Christmas story from Luke chapter 2. And I think they're still reading it out there, right? But uh, from, from the Christmas story, they read it to us. And uh, today I want to just bring to, uh, to light who is this gift. 
Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. 700 years before Jesus arrives on the scene, we see this prophecy that comes from a man named Isaiah, from the prophet Isaiah. And Isaiah gives this prophecy, and he says this, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And so as you, as you look at this and you say, okay, this is a description of the gift. And when I'm talking about the gift that is waiting, God had a plan to send a gift to every one of us. And that gift is the person of Jesus. But who is this person? Uh, did he just randomly show up on the, on, on, on the stage of human history? No, he didn't just randomly show up. God placed him there for such a time. God had an appointment in eternity for Jesus to come and to pay the sin of mankind. This child was gentle. I want, to, I want you to notice the very first phrase where he says, For unto us a child is born. What that tells us, this talks about the humanity of Jesus. Jesus didn't come as a, as a king, although he is the king. And one day we'll see more about the king. But he came to us as a child. This means that he understood humanity. He was born just like you were born. He was born like a man. He walked like a man. He talked like a man. He thought like a man. He had feelings like a man. He had emotions like a man. He ate like a man. For man, he's right. He ate like a man. Uh, he hurt like a man. He was tempted like a man. The scripture says that in all points, he understood all of our weakness. He was tempted the same way that you and I are tempted. Uh, he hungered like a man. He thirsted like a man. He got tired like a man. He suffered like a man, and he died like a man. Jesus was buried like a man. Why? Because he entered into this world in a very gentle way. He was revealed in gentleness. This child was gentle. He knew from that moment, uh, he knew whenever he walked into this world that he would be able to understand what you and I are going through. And so every feeling that, you, that you've ever had or every feeling that you ever will have, he has understand that, he faced it, and he understands that. And Jesus is able to reach out, and he was able to reach out, and he was able to touch and heal children because one time he was a child. Jesus could relate to the poor because Jesus did not have even an earthly home, we see. He said that the foxes have holes and the birds have nests, but the Son of Man doesn't even have a place to lay his head. Uh, Jesus could reach out and help those who felt lonely because many times he understood what it was like to be lonely. I want you to uh, think about that. Here was the Son of Man. When he went to the cross, all of his friends, they took off. Yeah, all of his close followers were hiding for their life. And so Jesus understood this. Jesus could reach out to those who were devastated by death, by the loss of a loved one. Jesus went to the funeral of, of his friend Lazarus and and there he cried, the Bible says. Jesus wept. He, he could relate. He could understand. And so when you're going through this in your life, I want you to understand this, that Jesus can identify with you. Jesus was a child. He came as a child in, in, in human likeness. He was, a, he was a human. He grew. And as he grew, he was, uh, he was able to, uh, to experience everything that you and I will ever experience. And Jesus can say this, I know how you feel. 
When you're going through the hardest of times today, I want you to remember that Jesus can say this, and he wants you to know this, that he knows exactly how you feel. The second phrase there says, A son is given unto us, a child is born, unto us a son is given. And for years I've just kind of read that and thought, well, he's just kind of repeating for emphasis, right? But what he was doing, he's talking for unto us a child is born, there's the humanity, and then the son is given. He doesn't say that the son is born. He said the son is given. So what this tells us is that this is the son is given. This tells us that not only is he human, but that he's God. He is deity. He is the son is given. It speaks of the deity of Jesus Christ. And as he helps us to understand, uh, as we understand his being a child helps us to understand his earthly beginnings, a son helps us to understand his eternal being. For Jesus always was. There was God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. One God in three persons, alive forevermore, created the heavens and the earth. The Bible tells us that Jesus was present at creation. So when Jesus, this little baby, was born, that was the beginning of his humanity. But he always was. He always was. And so when the scriptures tell us that the Son is given, Jesus came and he was given. The Bible tells us he was given to die. To pay for our sin. Isaiah 7.14 says that the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Here we see that the virgin, this was prophesied 700 years before Jesus arrives on the scene. Before Mary gets pregnant, this was 700 years ahead of time that there would be a virgin would conceive and bear a son. One Bible teacher said it like this. He said, the great mystery of the manger is that God could translate deity into humanity without discarding the deity or without distorting the humanity. Jesus was 100% God and 100% man. And you know what? He was the perfect man. Some of you ladies out there, you're looking for the perfect man. All right. Yeah. Who's saying that? Somebody's amen over here. Yeah. All right. Listen, some of you ladies are looking for the perfect man. Well, you aren't going to find him. <laughs> wow, I haven't heard an amen like that forever. Huh? <laughs> Holy cow. Listen, uh, I'll tell you what. My wife, uh, she does not have the perfect man, and she'll tell you all about it. But I'll tell you what. I think somebody else will tell you about it too, right? But listen, Jesus was the perfect man. He, you know, like what you always wanted your dad to be, and your dad wasn't, that's who he is. What you always wanted in a man, that's who he is. Like, he, he, was, he was God, 100% God, and he had no sin. So he, could, he was back to what, what the first Adam was all about, how when God created Adam, this was the original plan. And so this is how God, Jesus was living in the flesh. He came and he was living in the flesh. Oh, he was born of a virgin. He was God. And so as you think about this this morning, there's a, a lot to think about. How can somebody be born of a virgin? There was a pastor I heard that was preaching on Jesus and the virgin birth. And a man came up to him after the message was over, and he said, I don't believe that story. If an unwed mother were to come to you and tell you a story like Mary said, that, that what she was conceived in her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, would you believe her? And the wise pastor replied something like this. He says, yes. I would believe her if she had a son and the angels sang at his birth. 
if it was foretold thousands of years before it happened, if a star stood over his birthplace in the fulfillment of prophecy, if her son had power over the wind, over the waves, and over the disease, I would believe it. And if he were crucified and raised again from the dead, I would believe it. If he ascended from the earth, I would believe it. If his disciples throughout the centuries were numbered by the millions, yes, I would believe it. The man looked at the pastor and said, so would I. And so now I do. You see, the virgin birth of Jesus Christ. God came. It was a miracle. God, who always existed, Jesus steps into time, out of eternity and into time for you and I. And may I remind you a few things this morning. Jesus was so human that he could be born into a stable. But he is so divine that the angels had to announce his birth. Oh, this was, it was so humble to come and be born in the stable. But yet the angels, he was so divine, so majestic, that the angels had to proclaim and say, this is good news, great tidings. Go to Bethlehem and see the place where he is. You'll find him in swaddling clothes. And the shepherds run out there and they find him. Jesus was so human that, that he could get tired and lay down in the boat while he was crossing the Sea of Galilee. But he's also so divine that he could speak to a storm and hush the winds. Jesus was so human that he could go up into a mountain and pray all night. But he's so divine that he was the one. Uh, but he is so divine that he was the one through whom God created the mountains. Jesus was so human he could weep at the grave of Lazarus. But he was so divine that he could raise Lazarus from the dead. Jesus was so human that he could die on a cross. But he is so divine that he could come back to life again and conquer death to never die again. Amen? That's why we celebrate Christmas. This child was gentle, but this child was God. This child was a gift. The gift is waiting. This child is gentle, but this is the child is God. And I want you to catch this. This child was a gift. For unto us a son is born... Unto us a child is given. He says that the government will be upon his shoulders. One of the things that that means is one day he's going to be king. He is the king right now. He has his kingdom. You and I are part of his kingdom. But there's fulfillment prophecy yet to be fulfilled when Jesus will come back. And he will literally, the government will literally rest upon him. Right now, our government's not resting on Jesus, is it? They're not resting on anything. They, they want to take God out of everything. Let me tell you, God's still in charge whether they rest on him or not. He says, and the government will be upon his shoulders. And to his kingdom, there will be no end. This is so powerful, folks. Upon his shoulders. He is the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. And then it continues on. It says that, that, uh, that he, this, this baby, would be a gift. I want you to catch this. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world. Read it with me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God came, deity, came to us wrapped in humanity. And this is, was the plan of God. This little baby was not only God, he was a gift. He was there's two things that I want you to consider this morning. 
God the Father has given you life. Every one of you here have life. You're alive, right? Look at your neighbor and say, hey, you're alive. Listen, you're alive, right? Because God has given you life. So God the Father has given you life. And I want you to consider that he has also given you Jesus, God the Son, who gives you the opportunity to have eternal life. You see, God's plan when he put Adam and Eve in the garden was that they would, that they would live forever. But he said, don't sin. There's, there's, when the sin enters the picture, and he says, if, if, you, if you eat this one tree, then, then you will surely die. And, and God didn't want that. That wasn't, that wasn't what God was desiring. But man was not created to be a robot. God didn't say, hey, I'm going to create a bunch of robots to love me. There's no love in a robot. There's no love in somebody that's just all mechanical. He said, I'm going to give man a choice. And so man decided to sin. And so God has given us the opportunity. He's given you life, but he's also given you the opportunity for eternal life. And that's what this baby Jesus was all about. He came as a baby, lived a perfect life, and goes to the cross to pay for your sins. I was reading about uh, a story that helps to understand this. Uh, years ago, a wealthy English family in England was uh, entertaining some friends at their estate. As the children swam, one of them got into the deep water and was drowning. The gardener heard the other children screaming and jumped into the water and saved the child. That youngster's name was Winston Churchill. Deeply grateful to the gardener, the parents asked him how they could ever repay him. He hesitated, but then the gardener replied, I wish my son could go to college someday and be a doctor. Churchill's parents said, he will, because we will pay his way. Many years later, when Winston Churchill was the prime minister of England, he became ill with pneumonia. The best, the best physician that could be found was called to the bedside of this great leader. This physician's name was Sir Alexander Fleming. He was the developer of penicillin and the son of the gardener who had long ago saved Winston Churchill when he was drowning. Winston, Church, Winston Churchill later said, Rarely has one owned, owed his life twice to the same person. And folks, I want to encourage you today. We owe our life twice to the same person. We have the life that God has given you today. And we have the opportunity for eternal life. Listen, he says his name is wonderful. His name shall be called. In the Hebrew, this wasn't like, okay, you know, like I'm Ken Barner, you know, Kenneth James Barner Jr. That's not how this works. When they gave you, when he said his name would be called, he's saying these are the titles that are going to describe. And so in Jewish culture, they would come and they would describe who Jesus was. And so the prophet Isaiah, 700 years ahead of time, says he will be called wonderful. God is so wonderful. He is, he is so unique. He's so different. He is marvelous. He's the marvelous one. He's the astonishing one. He is wonderful. And so for those that are hindered, Understand that he is an amazing God. He is wonderful. To the helpless, I want you to understand today that he is an approachable God. His name is Counselor. Look, wonderful Counselor. A Counselor is somebody who listens to you. Have you noticed in our world it's hard to find somebody to listen to? I find a lot of people that, uh, that, that don't want to listen. Man, you just want to sit down and talk and, and just say, hey, how are you doing? Man, there's just something so enriching to your soul 
It's so much more than just a text, isn't it? So much more than an email or a note. It is like, wow, somebody spent time with you. God is your counselor, and he, not only does he listen to you, but the Scripture says that he has the ability to advise you, to take care of you, and to give you the direction for your life. Man, I need direction all the time. That's what this gift was in Jesus Christ. Man, you've got hard situations you're facing. 2023 is not going to be any easier. And you're going to have to make some decisions in your family this year. You're going to have to make some decisions in your in your, uh, in your uh, in your local community, in your schools, all these things that you're involved with. And you're going to be making some decisions. And God is your counselor. And you can talk to him. You can unload all the burden on him. Jesus is there for you. And not only will he listen to you, but he's going to lead you in the right direction. And then the scripture says that he's the mighty God. Oh, my. The mighty God. To the hopeless, he is the almighty God. Man, he is called the mighty God. As a counselor, the Lord tells you what is right. As the mighty God, he can empower you to do what is right. He is mighty in his presence. He's mighty in his provision. He's mighty in his promises. He's mighty in his protection. And as long as there is God, there is hope, there is help, and there is healing. Because he is the mighty God. The scriptures tell us that nothing is impossible with God. Nothing. The virgin birth is the prime example. Nothing was impossible with God. And to the hurting, he is an affectionate father. Look, he says, the mighty God, the everlasting father. You know, one of the hard parts about dad is that they're human. And that they're not here forever. You know, I lost my dad. He was 58 years old when he died. And I'll tell you what. I have found that my everlasting father has always been there for me. My human dad was just human and here for a season. He had a lot of flaws, a lot of things that I wish he wouldn't have been. But I'll tell you what. I have come to know the everlasting father. That's Jesus. This is him. Everlasting Father. And then he says he's the Prince of Peace. To the heartbroken, he's the assuring God. He is the Prince of Peace. The mighty God. The everlasting Father. And so, listen today, folks. There's, there's a, the Scriptures make it very clear that if we uh, are going to come to God, we have to understand about how much that He loves you. Listen, many people have this view of God that He's this ogre in the sky that he's just about a bunch of rules and regulations. Oh, he's holy. We have to understand he's holy and our sin has separated us from a holy God. But understand that this is the mighty God, the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace. And when Jesus came to this earth, he came and he died on the cross because of his love. For God so loved the world that he gave. You can't love without giving. God gave his son he proved it he he demonstrated his love for you that while you were still sitting while i was still sitting christ died for our sins for this according to the scriptures he died for our sins once for all forever and that's why he is known as the prince of peace peace happens there's no more war the war has ended the war for your soul has ended when jesus died on the cross to pay for your sin 
but you must open your heart to trust him. Oh, I love what 1 John 4, 8 says. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. The very essence of who he is is love. 1 John 3, 1. Behold what manner of love the Father has given, has bestowed on us, has given to us, that we should be called the children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know him. What manner of love the Father has given to us that we should be called the children of God. John 1.12 says, says, as many as believed on his name, as many as received him and believed on his name, to them he gave the right to become, to be called the children of God. And so today I want to invite you to Jesus. John 10.10, Jesus said, I've come that they might have life and that they might have it to the full. The thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says, I have come. That's what the thief does. But I, Jesus, have come that they might have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Folks, we will all face eternity one day. And I want you to be prepared for that. But I also want you to be prepared for life abundantly right now. Because that's the gift. The gift is in the person of Jesus. He died on the cross. He paid for your sin once for all forever. And so this little baby that we celebrate didn't stay a baby. He grew up. He lived the perfect life. And he goes to the cross. And so we, go, we, look, at the, we look at the manger through the shadow of the cross. When you're looking at the crib, remember the reason for the crib was the cross. Jesus had a destination. And the destination wasn't the manger. Oh, he had another destination. It was the cross. But even more than that, his final destination was your heart. And so today I want to ask you to open your heart. Romans says it like this. Romans 10.9 says that if we will confess, if you will confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved from the punishment of your sin. Folks, that's the gift that is waiting. We've been talking about this. We looked early on in the, uh, throughout this whole month of December. We looked at the gold. The, the wise men brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They brought gold to Jesus because he's the king. They brought frankincense to Jesus because he's our high priest. The high priest in the Old Testament would burn the incense. And the incense would go up as they are mediating between the people and God. And that's what Jesus would be. So to this little baby, they're giving him gold. He's the king. And they bow down and worship to this, to this little baby, they give him frankincense and, oh, he's our high priest. And imagine what was going on in Mary's heart and mind as she's seeing this. Then she gets myrrh. And myrrh, the primary use during the day of Jesus, all oh, was used for beauty and perfume and a number of things. But it was well known for the, for the embalming fluid that they would treat the dead. And so from the very beginning of the story, of Jesus. Whenever we see Jesus, his story, from the very beginning, we see he was had an appointment with the cross. And he had that appointment with the cross to pay for your sin. And he was buried and he rose again. And the scriptures tell us, if you will confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, he's the King of kings, the Lord of lords. He's your high priest. He's mediating between you and God the Father. He took care of all your sin on the cross. And he died and rose again. Believe in your heart that God had raised him from the dead. You'll be saved from the punishment of sin. This morning, let's close in prayer with our heads bowed and eyes closed.
on this Christmas morning. What a beautiful, beautiful time we've had here today. And as we look at the scriptures and we, we worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords, we bow down before him. Maybe this morning you would say, Pastor Ken, I need to trust Jesus. And if that's you, I'm going to ask you to just call upon the name of the Lord. He says, if you will confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you would be saved from the punishment of your sin. If that's you today, I'd like to invite you to just join me in a prayer and just pray this quietly in your heart. You can whisper it. You can just pray quiet inside to the Lord. But just pray something like this. Dear Jesus, I come to you today and I admit that I'm a sinner. Thank you for being the gift that I needed. For I need a Savior. Jesus, you died on the cross. You paid for my sin. And you rose again. And I believe that in my heart. I trust you right now with my heart and soul. I invite you into my life. For all of us here this morning, can we just worship the Lord and thank Him? Would you just respond to Him today? Say, thank you, God, that you are the everlasting Father. That you're the Prince of Peace. That you're the mighty God. You're the everlasting Father. This is who you are. God, I thank you. I thank you today for that, Lord. God, move mightily in our hearts as we continue to worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords today. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Let's stand together as we sing our closing song today. And let's come, let us adore him and worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And you know, I'm going to do something different this morning. I'm going to, the altar will be open. If you'd like to come and kneel and pray as we sing, let's, let's do that. And you can make a time of worship. Let's worship the King of kings.
thank our great God. Amen? The greatest gift ever, and God thought of you because you needed a Savior. Amen? Hey, let's, uh, let's be dismissed. I want to encourage you, next week we will have one service only again as it's a holiday weekend. We will be here one hour at 10 o'clock, no Saturday, no Saturday night, only Sunday, one at 10, family service again. Greet those around you. Merry Christmas. And to all, a good night. Amen.